proud bisexual astrology influencer. Bye bye bye. Question mark. <laughs> It is Hot by Summer. Hello and welcome to Hot by Summer, the podcast that's your one-stop shop for everything by with your host, me, Charmy, where we talk about everything from by news, by TV shows and films, by awakenings, and so much more. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, press all the buttons. Go ahead. You might as well right now just give me a a five-star review right now. It's Leo season. Leave me a cute little cute little love letter. So without further ado, let's get into it. We're getting into our very first segment, Hot by News. At the top of the docket, we have got to discuss Ding Dong, the Canadian witch is going to prison for 10 years. Little leprechaun man is going to prison for 10 years. And I would consider myself more on the side of an abolitionist, and I'm not a huge fan of the prison system at all whatsoever. But this man needs to be locked up and sent back to Canada. Ship him back. I don't care. You know, a really good way to not go to prison for 10 years and get deported back to Canada, a really good way to do that is to not shoot somebody. That's a great way to not go to prison for 10 years. So, you know, I was celebrating, you know, when I knew that he was going to get sentenced. And then I was a little bit skeptical, like, oh, no, like maybe, you know, when you're rich, you're a rapper, you have all this money and all this like social capital. There's it's, you know, it's it's always a little bit iffy. But luckily, y'all, he's going to prison. So good night. See you later, Leprechaun. On to some more interesting news that actually feels very empowering and really fun, cool, and fresh, and fruity, and queer is women and non-binary people are dominating at the VMAs. Okay, let's talk VMAs. As you know, the VMAs, they used to be the moment. Like, VMAs used to be, like, the central hub for pop culture moments to happen. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're probably a millennial, but maybe you're Gen Z and you don't remember this time. I personally remember sitting up close to the TV ready for people to take home their moon man. Like that was a really iconic moment. There was no social media back in the Y2K era. So there was nobody posting about drama. You know, when Eminem and Christina Aguilera had their beef, there was no like, Twitter back and forth. There was no lives going like, hey, you're lying on my name. There was none of that, right? So when the beefs happened, they happened live and they were so good. So I don't know who the producers were back in Y2K time, but honestly, chef's kiss. They were pop cultural moments. They were gems. They were iconic. And I think what's happening because we're in a strike with SAG-AFTRA and um, the Writers Guild. Because of that, now a lot of people are kind of like, okay, let's let's pivot to music and make this our pop culture moment, right? So in a really shocking and fun sort of twist, a lot of women and non-binary people are really taking over for VMAs. Some highlights that I really loved personally, okay? First of all, video music, video of the year. We got Doja Cat, Miley Cyrus, Nicki Minaj, Olivia Rodrigo, Sam Smith, and Kim Petras, SZA, Taylor Swift. So that's like the most iconic thing is video of the year. There's not a single man that is nominated. So that's really exciting. 
Artist of the Year, we've got Beyonce, Doja, Carol G, Nikki, Shakira, Taylor Swift. There's a bunch of really cool people. There's Song of the Year, you know, their best best artist of the year. There's all these great things. But I think the story that's the most important and the most interesting is that MTV makes its Video Music Award history because they have completely gender neutralized the categories, which is so incredibly exciting to see because that's kind of where the award show arena is headed. And to see that MTV is kind of the first to jump on top of that is like really, really exciting. Bella Ramsey also talking about this as well, we have Liv Houston. Houston, I think is how you pronounce it, as another person that's non-binary that basically was like, these need to be gender neutral. So to see that MTV is the first to hop on top of it, I am loving this. I am absolutely adoring this. Um, but yeah, uh, women and non-binary people are really taking over as, you know, we all know this to be true, obviously. But it's really exciting to see in real time that all these categories are just like, it's not best male pop star you know it's just like who's the best you know and uh it's very exciting i think my favorites best new artists i'm rooting for everybody black definitely ice spice definitely glorilla and i think callie is i think that's toxic chocolate i think i hope so if not then i don't know her but if so i'm rooting for everybody black and pink pamphlets for best new artists best hip-hop should absolutely go to Lil Uzi Vert. I Just Wanna Rock was honestly, it reminds me so much of Halloween, like around my birthday. And it was just, it's it was the song that will never not be a song. And I remember, I knew it was a hit. Well, for so many reasons, obviously it has so much replay value, but I knew it was like such a hit because I was in, I was getting my hair done in a barbershop and my hairstylist, she's like braiding my hair and she just goes, you know a song is good when it's no words at all. It's just noises and it's just energy. It's just vibes. And I was like, that's exactly it. That's exactly what that song is. It's it's energy, it's noises, it's vibes, and I love it. I also listened to Lil Uzi Vert's new album, not the whole thing. It really reminded me so much of Lil Wayne. I don't know if you remember back in the day, there was a song where he collabed on it. And I'm trying to think who he collabed on it with. It was little Let It Rock and it was Kevin Rudolph. And it was kind of really cool to see because obviously rock and roll started with black people. And it was just cool to see that rap artists didn't have to be this like heavily charged, overly masculine, which he is in many ways. But it was like cool to see him be weird, like a weird black guy. And that's exactly who, like, the the category that I think of when I think of Lil Uzi Vert. Like, Lil Uzi Vert is just weird. And he even says it in his album. He has this um this part in his album where Boosie, which, fuck that man. Fuck that fucking man. I hate him so bad. He is just so annoying. But he has this, he did this interview, probably with Vlad TV, like, the most ghetto interviewer of all time. But with Vlad TV, or somebody, I don't know. He has this interview, Boosie does, and he goes, yeah, Lil Uzi, he's not using an Uzi. He's just a sissy, blah, blah, blah. And Lil Uzi puts it in his song. And I'm just like, that's iconic. That's 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 more than iconic. So, yeah, there's a lot of really cool things happening in music. It's It's just exciting to see. Hopefully the VMAs, it'll give us back a little bit of that Y2K era when it used to be 
It used to be good. Speaking of music and it being Leo season, Whitney Houston's birthday is this week. So if you're listening to this right as it comes out, comes out, this comes out the day after Whitney Houston's birthday. If you're listening to it a couple days after, it's her, it's her week, it's her moment. You know, I celebrated it by listening to Dance with Somebody and dancing in my room alone with my speakers turned all the way up and remembering that that song was written for a woman. And Uh, Somebody said that once, and I don't know if it's true, and I've never fact-checked it, but I'm just going to assume that it is true. And shout out to Whitney Houston. She really was an icon, a legend, a bicon. I feel like there are certain artists that are baked into society and pop culture. Like, they're just baked into the DNA of our pop culture, and Whitney Houston is definitely one of them. Whitney Houston... Beyonce, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, mother, mother, what does mother mean? Obviously, that's a queer term started in ballroom, started by black trans women. And uh, Whitney Houston obviously is mother, mother. She really is mother. And um, yeah, nobody's really doing it like Whitney, Mariah, the greats, Diana Ross, like no Shaka Khan, like nobody's really doing it like them, except for my fave, the fave, the best, Beyonce. As the tour creeps up in LA, I am slowly but surely putting pieces to my outfit together. Y'all, you just, you got to follow me on Instagram because I know I'm going to be posting. Prepare to be sick of me because this outfit, whoo, I don't want to toot my own horn during Leo season, but you just wait and see. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But yeah, just seeing Renaissance, the tour has just been super exciting to feel the energy. And as it like slowly but surely as Virgo season slowly approaches, so does the tour hitting LA. And I think what's also really interesting is I was at work and I was overhearing people talk about Taylor Swift. And I came up with a theory. My theory is not a theory that is super traditional. (laughs) But I have a theory about Taylor Swift. And it's not Taylor Swift versus Beyonce because I don't like it when people put women against each other because it's like, this is not the real housewives. This is like artistry, you know? But I have a theory about Taylor Swift and Beyonce. And I was overhearing these girls talk about, oh, you know, we have the bracelets. And pardon me, I'm not a huge Swifty at all whatsoever. So if you're like, what the heck is she talking about? Just know I don't know very much. But what I do know is what I overheard these girls talking about. And they were like, yeah, you know, we have our bracelets. We're preparing our outfits. We're doing this, that, the third. She's coming these many nights. And I realized, like, oh, my God, like, Taylor Swift is the Beyonce for white women. Okay? So that was the first theory. It's not traditional, y'all. I'm not tradi- I'm not a traditional bitch. So the rest of what you're about to hear, if your ears curled and you're like, Ooh, I don't like that, you might want to press pause right now because <laughs> it's only going to get deeper. So Taylor Swift is like the – she's not the white Beyonce because she could never be Beyonce, but she is that representation of whiteness, right? So then I took it a step further and I thought to myself, Taylor Swift – is a reminder to white women that they can be mediocre, average, and still succeed. While Beyonce is a reminder to black women that we always have to be exceptional. That was bars. That was bars. I I, I, I don't know what to say. That was bars. That was bars. 
And maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. I don't know. I don't put too much pressure on my theories. I just be thinking stuff late at night. And that's what I thought about. And I often think about how obviously being a woman in the music industry sounds like a deeply traumatic experience, profoundly traumatic experience. But I often think about the intersectionality of icons who have paved the way and have gone through so much. Like I think about Tina Turner, right? Like rock and roll legend, icon, and went through so much and still to this day, still doesn't really get the flowers that she deeply, profoundly deserves, even though she had to be 10 times, 20 times better than her white counterparts. Like I think about, okay, who was on the radio at the same time as Tina Turner, right? Her career, by the way, was long, like decades long, okay? But I, because I'm a millennial and my brain can only conceptualize what happened like in the 60s (laughs) and onward, like I can kind of conceptualize it by like movies and TV shows. I'm like, okay, who, what are white counterparts that were happening during the 60s, right? Like, oh, that's what it is. Cher, right? Tina Turner and Cher at the same time. And you think about like the impact of Tina Turner and you think about the impact of Cher. And I don't know. It's not even like this idea of comparing the two. It's more of thinking about the impact and who gets more credit for what they did. And I often think about that. I often, often think about that. I was recently in a car with an Uber driver and she's like, I loved Elvis Presley. And I was like, okay. She's like, I watched the movie and he was amazing. And I tweeted something once where I was like, you do realize that Ariana Grande is like the current version of Elvis Presley. You know what I mean? Like taking from black artists, particularly black queer artists. And I don't think that they're like, upset by it. I'm sure their paychecks are quite, quite thickety, quite thickety split. So I'm sure Victoria Monet and Tyler Parks are like fine. But it's just like, did you even know who Tyler Parks is? You know what I mean? That's kind of what I think about often, especially when I think about music. But so anyways, I digress. That was my theory on Taylor Swift versus Beyonce. And that brings me to the next big pop culture news topic, which is Lizzo. And I have a lot of thoughts about Lizzo. Beyond that, I saw an incredible video essay that I will link in the show notes that I just thought was absolutely exceptional. And it kind of dated back to step by step the whole lawsuit with Lizzo and her dancers suing her and all of that stuff. But it was this really, really beautiful thing at the end that she said this YouTuber said, who I adore and I love so, so very much. Her name is Naomi. I want to say her name is Naomi Campbell. That's not her name. That's a Gemini. Her name is Naomi Cannibal. Cannibal. Naomi Cannibal. She has incredible video essays. She's absolutely stunning to look at, but she's also just extremely, extremely smart. And I don't know what her sign is, but she is absolutely incredible. Like she did this whole deep dive on Lizzo. And she just broke everything down step by step, the history, all this stuff, and the good, the bad, the ugly, right? And at the end of the video, she goes, I'm always very wary 
of people who brand themselves with that, this idea of kindness. Because if you're a kind person, you don't have to go out of your way to brand yourself with being kind. And I was like, oh. Like, think about the people who brand themselves like being kind, being nice. Cough, cough, Ellen DeGeneres, cough, you know? Like, be kind, be nice, do nice onto the world. It's like, are you overcompensating for something? And the answer is yes. The answer is absolutely, positively yes. So with that, that is Hot by News. It's piping hot, and we're going to move on to Hot by Astro Tea. So Venus retrograde is really Venus retrograding, isn't it? Like. I don't know about you, but I can feel it. And I'm not even a Taurus or a Libra. And apparently Taurus and Libras are feeling it the most because they're ruled by Venus and uh, Venus is retrograde and it's in Leo. So Leos are feeling this as well, particularly Leo risings. But I don't know about you, but I am feeling this Venus retrograde. And I made a TikTok about all of the things that have happened during Venus retrograde that have been so incredibly Venus retrograde. So we're going to take a little moment to like dissect that plus a little extra because we're going to we're going to get into it. So Venus, the sign of beauty, love, gifts, passions, the sign of your heart, your joys, your pleasures is retrograde. Retrograde is like a time of introspection. It's a time of, wait a second, let's put a pause to everything and kind of dial it back and think back of what's happening in the sign of Leo, which is very much me season. It's all about me. I need to figure out what's best for me, confidence, I'm a leader, things of that nature, right? So that's sort of the themes that you're going to see during Venus retrograde. You mix all those ingredients together and what do you get from July 22nd to September 3rd? Breakup season. So there's a lot of breakups or people reflecting and rethinking about the things that they value, okay? So if we take it back, take it back, 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 at the beginning of Venus retrograde in Leo, what was really going on during the shadow period was SAG-AFTRA kind of kickstarted everything. Actually, what really kickstarted everything is when Kiki Palmer's man got on the internet and thought he could just say whatever he wanted to. And everybody was like, mm, who are you? We don't even know you. Like, pipe down. Don't you mess with our, our sweetheart. And so that kind of kickstarted everything. And then next was SAG Astro was striking. And so people are really reevaluating their values and how people see them and how much they're going to be paid. That's really what Venus retrograde was like kickstarting off. That was like the shadow period. And then we got into so many breakups. But not only were there so many breakups, there were so many breakups and people getting back together. Like, for instance, it just was like bam, bam, bam. First, we had Ariana Grande and her husband, Dalton, announcing that they're separating and they're heading for divorce. Okay. So that kind of kickstarted everything. Then Beyonce's mom was like, yeah, um, divorce. <laughs> she um, filed for divorce from Richard Lawson. Then Sophia Bush filed for divorce. Then Sophia Vergara filed for divorce. It was like divorce, 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 divorce. Then people filed for divorce, like Miguel and Nazanin, they filed for divorce. But then they were like, no, we're going to get back together. Huh? And then Croy and Kim, if you are a fan of Real Housewives of Atlanta, like me, Croy and Kim, who 
you know on any reality TV show, a lot of couples, you're like, no. Like when you saw Peter and Cynthia, you're like, "Mm -mm, this is not a soulmate. This is a right now mate. This is not a soulmate. Cynthia and Mike, we were all like, "Mm." you know, like everybody was kind of like, Croy and Kim? Croy and Kim. You immediately saw fireworks, but it wasn't just fireworks. It was like authentic. It was real. So you were like, what the heck? Because we can smell it out. We know. We know the truth. We know the truth from the lie. Like we're at this point, we're media literate enough in reality TV show that we know, okay, this is this is not feeling right. Or, oh, this feels right. Croy and Kim, they were for lifers. For lifers. They really were for lifers. Um, so I thought. And then they filed for divorce. And then they're like, pause. Pause, 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 pause. And it was just wild. People are just breaking up, getting back together. That's just very much in line of what Venus retrograde is Venus retro grading. And it's just interesting because we see that in the bigger world of pop culture. But I mean, I know y'all have a friend that broke up and got back together with their man <laughs> during this time. I know you have a friend. And if you don't, she probably just hasn't told you yet, you know? So it's just interesting to see how pop culture reflects what's currently in this time. So if you see somebody break up or get back together during Venus retrograde, congratulations, you are alive. If you or someone you know has been personally victimized by Venus retrograde in Leo, you might be entitled to some compensation. And by compensation, I mean a good cry, (laughs) a good cry over some ice cream. But I will say this. Okay, this is what I will say. A lot of people are breaking up and getting back together, but it's very cosmic and it's very much this is for the good. Does that make sense? So if you are breaking up with somebody or you feel it happening or whatever, or you have broken up with somebody, it's actually for your greater good. The cosmic universe is always working in your favor. As I said, as I coined the term, cosmic neutrality is real. Reevaluating what you need is never a bad thing. Saying to yourself, hey, hang on a second. I don't, I think I've outgrown this pot. You know, I've outgrown this thing and that's okay. That's okay. Because you can't, like, I'm a plant girly. If you follow me on Instagram, I've got all these beautiful plants around my place. It actually started because I was in a place where there's a lot of, like, darkness and death. <laughs> and I was like, well, I want life in my space. And so I got life in my space by putting plants in my space amongst other like rituals that help me to feel like there's life in my in my in my space. It's like a sacred area, but I'm a plant girly, right? And so sometimes you notice a plant and you see a plant and you're like, "Oh, she is twisting and turning out of this damn pot." You know? And it just means that she's ready to be put in a bigger pot. And it doesn't mean that she doesn't love and respect the pot that helped her grow. Like you can love and respect that and be like, thank you so much for what you've taught me. And this goes for situationships. This goes for love. This goes for whatever. Thank you so much. I respect you for what you've taught me, but I've outgrown you. And that's okay. That is totally okay. And that's the theme of Venus retrograde in Leo. So it's scary. It's a scary time, but it's also like for the good. So yeah, I love that for all of us. I love that for all of us. Now we're going to move on to buy recommendations. As you all know, SAG-AFTRA is striking. I 
to am standing with SAG-AFTRA, so I'm not really going to be talking about TV shows and films and things of that nature. I'm just going to be talking about, I said, music, you know, we could talk about YouTube videos, we could talk about other things, but my buy recommendation this week is from a YouTuber that I have loved for a long ass time, a long, long, long ass time, okay? Kenny JD, okay? does this beautiful series called Bad Movies in a Beat where she reviews a really horrible movie. And we don't, we're not talking like silly, goofy, funny, like, oh, this is bad. He, he, he. No, these are really bad movies, like really bad. And she reviews these movies. And sometimes she reviews TV shows. She did The Idol, but we're not going to talk about that one. But you can go watch it on her YouTube because it's absolutely fantastic. But she does bad movies in a beat. And she's so funny. And she's so pretty. And she's so amazing. She gives earth sign energy. She also gives cancer energy. But I have no clue what her sign is. All I know is that I love her. I love the way she does her makeup. She's absolutely incredible. And here I am, you know, in my feels, just scrolling on, uh, not on YouTube, I was scrolling on Spotify. And I wasn't scrolling because Spotify isn't TikTok. <laughs> I was listening to, I listen to a lot of like Vanguard, like that playlist, Vanguard, so I can find new artists. I'm just listening away. And I hear this absolutely ethereal, beautiful song. And I'm like, ooh, this is cute. And then I look up the name of the person. I'm like, Kenny JD, that sounds familiar. I'm like, oh my God, my favorite YouTuber is a singer. I kind of knew she was a singer because she always kind of talks about musical theater in a way that I'm like, hmm, you must be classically trained. Highly recommend Kenny JD. Truly iconic. Iconic. She is the moment. Now, come on now. And there's another artist called Lila or Layla. I think it's Lila because it's L-A-I-L-A. She has a song called What's Up. It's so good. Highly, 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 highly recommend it. It's so, so good. I've been listening to it on on replay. Obviously, anything Victoria Monet. So if you're anything like me and you're a ginormous fan of Victoria Monet, then you know that her album is coming out shortly. Victoria Monet's album, Jaguar Part 2, comes out August 25th. If you haven't already pre-saved it, go ahead and do that for my Taurus baddie. I know she's feeling this Venus retrograde in Leo. I know for a fact she's feeling it because she's a Taurus and she's ruled by Venus and blah, blah, blah. And she's such a beautiful person. I'm looking at her photos right now and I'm like, God damn, God damn. And I know I say this every time I talk about Victoria Monet, but I said this once to a friend, like, willy-nilly. I was like, oh, yeah, Victoria Monet and Kilani dated. And they were like, wait, what? And I don't know how this is an information that everybody knows, but somehow it's information that not everybody knows. And it's like that buy erasure thing because she's dating a man or she's she's not married to him. She has a kid with him. Spouse, her partner, is a man. So people are like, oh, she must be straight. No, Victoria Monet is not straight. She is bisexual. Bisexual. That is... That is that on my buy recommendations for the week. There's a lot going on astrologically. There is a lot going on in the music world. There's a lot just cosmically happening, which is profoundly, profoundly, profoundly exciting. But I am just so incredibly happy and excited to be here and to be living in this cosmic universe with all of you. Lastly... We are going to do a Q and gay. 
I might leave this in here. I might not because I got myself in trouble by posting about this. So I might keep this in here. I might not. But recently on my TikTok, I was talking about going on a date with another femme. And if you are a femme for femme like me, some people are, some people aren't, whatever. You're a femme for femme like me. And this really has to do with Venus retrograde in Leo, like just kind of reevaluating my approach to dating, right? I have really been strategic about how I understand and approach love in a way that I'm like deeply and profoundly proud of myself for, deeply and profoundly proud of myself for. I think one of the really difficult things for me to learn is that if I want something, I'm allowed to ask for it. I know that like the world tells me that I'm not supposed to or I shouldn't or how dare you even think you can ask for something. But this shows up not only in like love, but in finances and in, you know, if somebody asks you to do something, you're like, oh, I'm worth this much. You're allowed to be like, no, no, no. My rates changed since you last emailed me. And I'm I'm adding queer and black tax to it. So yeah, you're allowed to ask for whatever you want. I'm finding that in so many areas of my life. But I was going to say particularly love, but not really particularly love because it's all over the place. You're allowed to say what you want. You're allowed to say it out loud and be really intentional about it. And one of those things that I've still not been a master at is being able to be really clear and upfront with another femme like hey bitch I like you kind of thing you know what I mean it is really difficult it's extremely difficult and I say this because you know we're at the Q&A portion and I posted a video talking about how I went on a date with another femme and I didn't know if it was you know was it friendly energy was it friendly fire energy or was it coochie bumping energy I really could not tell like sometimes I was like yeah this is coochie bumping energy for sure And I was like, "Mm, no, it's friendship stuff, shit. No, it's for sure. And the reason why it's so gray and so muddy sometimes is because, first of all, if you're anything like me, you're socialized as a woman. So you're socialized to see other women as either competition or friends or both and nothing more. And sometimes, sometimes I feel really guilty, like extremely profoundly guilty for finding women attractive, I feel shame. Like that Christian upbringing doesn't go away. You know, I feel this sense of this wash of shame. Like when I'm like, oh damn, she's fine as fuck. I'm like, damn it. Why am I like this? And then I'm like, wait, no, I'm allowed to be like this. And I go like back and forth in my head and I feel like a wash of, of shame for finding a person attractive. But then even taking it a step further of being like, not only do I find this person attractive, I think they find me attractive, but I need to initiate this coochie bumping energy vibe. Like I got to initiate this. I'm still navigating that. I'm still figuring it out. Y'all let me know. (laughs) You let me know some tips and tricks. I'm also a very, it's so weird because I'm also a very bold person. So typically I'll be like, oh, I don't think she likes me. I don't think she likes me. Nah, there's no way. There's no way she likes me. And then I'm also very bold and I'll be like, oh, let me just fuck around and kiss her. You know what I mean? So I've just been swimming in the gray area and I feel like that's like the bi anthem and the bi comfort or uncomfort level is just swimming in the gray and constantly being in this liminal space of grayness. And 
thriving in that, even though society is like, um, that don't make no sense. I'm like, bitch, if it made sense, would it be worth it? <laughs> would it be worth it? The answer for me, hard pass, hard pass. Another thing that I swim in the gray area about is friendship. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. If you're here right now and you're here because you saw a reel that I posted on my Instagram about queer friendship and having a crush on somebody, a queer crush, then you've come to the right place. (laughs) Because I don't think there's enough language to express queerness and the colors that it comes in. There has been so many friendships that I was like, I love this person romantically, but platonically, but romantically. Like, I don't really want to kiss them. Like, I'd be okay with kissing them, I guess, but it's less about kissing them. It's more about this romance and feeling so incredibly seen in a way that sometimes I don't even feel that level of being witnessed and seen by family members. So the fact that I've created this family for myself, this, you know, sort of DIY family for myself is already a complex outside of the heteronormative gaze. But on top of that, this idea that you feel romantically about a friend, I I don't think queer friendship exists outside of feeling romantic for a friend. So I guess if I flip it on that that on its head and say not not using the negative but the positive is like queer friendship is inherently romantic. Not that it has to be, but it just is. There's something beautifully romantic about having a friend that sees you and sitting in a picnic, sitting at a park at a picnic with them and talking about your love life and talking about the things that you understand and know. And I think when you don't hit the milestones that is stereotypically hit by people maybe in your age group or people in general of like, okay, you fall in love with somebody, you get married to somebody, you move in with somebody, you buy a house with somebody, you have a kid with somebody, you raise a kid, the kid moves out, and then you're kind of left with your own devices and then nobody talks about what happens next, right? So if you follow the heteronormative sort of scale of what you're meant to or not meant to do, I don't fall in those lines. So my milestones, and I talk about this with my friends all the time, my milestones are reading a book like Bell Hooks all about love and realizing that love through capitalism is silly goofy. Like that to me is a milestone. And I don't think that that should be taken lightly. I think it's like one of those things, you know, where you, we never congratulate people for divorces. We never congratulate people for getting out of a toxic relationship. We're always like, oh, find your next person, find your next person. And I think we should stop. (laughs) I truly think we should stop. 
Because the truth is that our milestones are going to be profoundly different than our straight, straight counterparts or straight friends or straight people in our lives. Our milestones are going to be profoundly, profoundly different. And I absolutely adore the life that I've created for myself. And even if that comes at the cost of people that are my family that just don't get it, I'm still really fucking proud. And I think you should be really fucking proud of yourself too. And it's Leo season. It's Leo season. So if it's one season that you're like, no, I'm the baddest bitch, it's this season. And low-key Virgo season as well. It's like, I'm the baddest bitch for what I've accomplished. Even if what I've accomplished is outside the norms, even if what I've accomplished is divorcing somebody or getting over grief of somebody close to me that's passed away or speaking up for myself at a meeting or speaking up for myself in a friendship or speaking up for somebody that I don't know or giving to mutual aid or you know, cleaning my room or getting out of bed because I'm depressed. Maybe those are the milestones that we should be celebrating more. And I think about this a lot, <laughs> which is why I have a podcast. But those are my thoughts for Hot by Summer this week. I really hope you enjoyed it. I thank you so much for being here. I truly am so grateful that we've created this community together. If you have any questions about this, you already know this. My DMs are open. You know, follow me on TikTok, on the IG, on the Instagram. I'm here kind of figuring it out as you do as well. And if you have answers, I am here. I'm super excited to have people on the show. I feel like I say that every single time and I'm like, mm. but if you have recommendations for people to be on the show, I would absolutely love to hear them. There are already people in the works. But thank you so much for listening to Hot by Summer. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. I love you so much. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. bye, bye.